Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast, Tarima Dimples No Holds Barred. Today's podcast is going to be interesting because I'm going to be going a bit into my personal life. I want to tell you guys about the most dramatic breakup I've ever had in my life, okay? So, you know when people tell you never to date an ex? You must listen to those people. It's never a good idea. This particular breakup happened between an ex. Me and this guy dated a while back. And he came back into my life. Trying to date me again. I'm not going to delve deep into the previous relationship that we had. But I ended the relationship. He was heartbroken. And I moved on with my life. I won't. I'm going to recreate the story. Add a little tweaks here and there. So that... Some people don't recognize the person I'm talking about. So, I'm in my early 20s and this guy just shows up from nowhere. I was single. I'd been single for maybe six months and I was ready to mingle. He shows up. Now, get this straight. When I broke up with this guy, I I was completely over him. I knew that I didn't want to date this guy. But he, when he came back into my life, I was single. I was bored. And let's just say I was open to the idea of dating him again. And he seemed to have improved from the last time we dated in a lot of aspects. So I thought, why not? Let's do this. So one thing that you don't really realize in your early 20s is that you're a bit on the naive side a bit stupid you don't easily pick out red flags like you would do when you get into your late 20s so my ex comes in and says I'm not enjoying my relationship with my girlfriend I want to break up with her I never got over you you were the best relationship I've ever had in my life. And I I simply can't forget you. Naive, naive me obviously believed the guy. You know, I was flattered. I was like, yeah! You know? It was good for my ego, you know what I'm saying? Of course, looking back, if this, if that kind of thing happens to me right now, I'll be like, get over yourself. Get, get away from me. Like be happy with what you have but back then it was really good for my ego i was so happy i was like yes yes i made an impression so this guy breaks up with a girlfriend or so i thought he even came and sent me and showed me the screenshots of him breaking up with her telling her that um it was over and the the lady even you know told him how can you get back together with your ex I was there for you when you were lamenting over that girl. And now you want to go back to her? She's bad for you. You know, this is what she was saying to him. And he was defending me. And um, again, it was good for my ego. I didn't even see the trap I was putting myself in. Because remember, I had rejected this guy years back. And I had broken his heart. And there he was coming back into my life. And I did not even see the warnings. I did not, it did not even click in my head. That's, okay, anyway, let's just wait until we get to the end of the story. So, 
we start dating it was a long distance relationship this guy was in another country in africa very close to home so we dated it was fun he was the romantic type he always was the romantic type he would wine and dine you he would buy gifts he would give you attention and all that stuff so everything was going on well until he went back to the country where he was residing in and this is where the chick was they had dated for some time for some years did i mention that okay okay let me let me skip that part because some people actually begin to know who i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. so he went back to the country where he was working and i remain in zim and um this guy had started to grow on me you know i was kind of enjoying the relationship and i was thinking ah oh, maybe i was a little too harsh on this guy this guy was not the best looking of people if i'm to look at all the guys i've dated he's probably one of the worst looking so yeah it took a while for me to accept and grasp that the concept that i was actually with him again so trouble started when the guy came back it was close to valentine's day i think it was four days before valentine's day the guy came back and he said i'm coming back i want to spend valentine's with you i want us to go on a date you know that kind of thing and at the time i had several guys who were really pursuing me who really really wanted to get serious but i kept telling them no i've got a boyfriend leave me alone so this guy comes back and he comes to see me and we're chilling in the car suddenly his phone rang and he just jumped have you ever seen a guy shaking like as if he's seen a ghost and when he jumped the phone dropped on the on the floor and i picked it up and guess what it was a message from the ex the lady he supposedly broke up with to be with me and she was asking him if he got home safe <laughs> hey oh hell broke loose i was like dude so you're telling me that you came all the way to zimbabwe to get back with me only to go back to that country and get back together with your ex I flung his phone outside the car and I got out and I said you know what you can go hang just go back to your girlfriend I don't give a shit anymore I don't give a shit about you just leave me the hell alone right and the guy was like no Terry it's not like that can you listen to me for a second I was like okay you got a second then he said you are the most fun person I've ever been with you inspire me you encourage me you make me want to live on the wild side but i have so many memories with her i have been dating her ever since you broke up with me and i'm a bit confused and i said you know what my guy let me sort out the confusion for you just go with her i don't mind i can move on with my life so i've always had this pride this ego I'll never fight for a guy. If a guy is confused between me and another girl, I'll always tell him to choose the other girl. 
if a guy cheats on me with another girl i always tell him to go with the other girl i'll be like it's fine i'm extricating myself from the situation i don't care what you say i don't care if it's me you want but i don't want you you can go for the other person so i broke up with him and well just as well valentine's was around the corner and i had two guys who wanted to hang out with me on the day so this guy kept on bugging me he kept on coming to my workplace he was literally stalking me trying to get me to talk to him and every time after work i'd get into my car and drive home quickly and he would follow me and every time i'd get to my gate before him except for this one day he came to my house earlier than me and he parked in front of my gate and i had no choice but to stop my car and get out of the car and ask him can you please get out get out the way i want to get inside my house and he was like no i'm not i'm not going anywhere until you talk to me i'm like fine let's talk and he starts apologizing apologizing i'm like dude I told you that I'm not interested, okay? Just go back to your girlfriend, right? And um, he was like, no, Terry, let me take you out for lunch tomorrow. And I was like, okay, let's do it. The next day was the 13th of uh, February, right? The day before Valentine's. I wore my nice red dress. It was a really nice dress short with heels um makeup I, w- I was not yet a dreadlocked person at the time i used to put on weaves my lipstick everything was looking nice nice and i was you know on the health tip on during those days so i was going to the gym my tummy was flat you know i was feeling myself so this guy i promised him lunch right but I was not really gonna go out with him for lunch. I had other plans. I had a date with someone else. So he was parked by my by my gate, the company gate. And he saw me walk out. And I was looking fly as shit. I walked out, got into another guy's car. You should have seen the look on his face. So we drove off, I went for lunch, then I came back. He was tailing us the whole time. And I was chill. I was trying to, you know to maintain my composure but like oh my god guys it was something else so i got back to work the same evening i had a movie date with the same guy we were supposed to go and watch i'm I'm forgetting which movie was screening that day but i was supposed to go and watch a movie so i got out from work drove to my friend's place Uh, in Highlands we were supposed to get ready together for the movie we drove up we drove out out of the gate and guess who was parked outside it was the guy my ex and he was looking angry again he had blocked the way so I got out and I was like can you please unblock the way we broke up you need to go with the woman you chose okay the fact that you dated me and then you went on to get back to the woman you said you had broken up for me it means that your heart belongs with her so i don't know what you want from me i've got a date and i don't see why you have to interfere i think my mistake was telling him that i had a date because he immediately got angry 
started shouting started saying i'm not going anywhere and i was like well you watch me i'm going somewhere can you please unblock me this is not my house you're disrespecting the owners of this house people want to get out so grudgingly he reversed his car and i sped off my friend also went out the gate with her car we were supposed to meet at the movie house east gate there i was driving 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 the guy was like no i am going to stop you he went in front of me and his car came to a halt and i had to brake you know it was so scary it was getting scary it was getting freaky at the time okay so i got out i was like what are you doing and he said you know what you're not going anywhere if you love me you're not going to go anywhere i was like nigga i don't even know what your problem is i told you that i don't want to date you anymore this was getting crazy it was getting weird cuz i was thinking you know you were cheating and you want me to hold my life for you why are you getting jealous just fly back to your country where you live in and go and be happy with your girlfriend so for the last time i told him stop stalking me stop following me i'm going on my date went back into my car guys this is when shit really started to hit the fan got into my car drove off this guy started tailing me he was driving really fast so i started driving really fast he miscalculated a turn or a bend i don't know what happened but the next thing i saw in my rearview mirror this guy collided with another car and his car was pushed to the side and the other car was flung out of the road to the other side and the car had like five people in it Oh my god, I parked my car. I was panicking. I got out. And I went to the guy's car. And I was shocked by what I saw. His arm was twisted. Um, I don't know what to call, what this area between the um what, what do you call it? Where you usually have the the stick. This was an automatic car, so it was between the seat and the stick. and his hand was stuck in between there and he was crying he had broken a hand guys his hand was broken you could see the bone sticking out i screamed so hard and i immediately felt compassion i was like oh my god this is all my fault what have i done <sighs> meanwhile my date was calling he was asking tari where are you the the, the movie is about to start i was like my guy <sighs> there's been some drama my ex he was following me he was oh, but i'm coming please wait for me as soon as this guy heard that this was an ex he was like you know what i do not need ex drama in my life okay the last girl i dated had drama with her ex i don't know why you even agreed to come on a date with me when you know you've got ex drama i'm sorry but no i cannot handle this drama so my date dumped me because of this nigger now we had to get him to the hospital got into my car and luckily there was a guy with a truck who had parked by the side and he said let me take him to the hospital you follow behind so that was my evening i was in high heels i was in a short dress i was looking fly as hell but i was going to the hospital with somebody so the nearest um hospital well the hospital where the guy drove to was parengatwa So we went to Parinyatwa and this guy was crying. He couldn't even stand up. 
we had to use a, a wheelchair to get him inside and the nurses at party were so relaxed they were like oh he broke his arm okay please fill in some forms do you have a medical aid card you know that type of shit they were not even bothered and this guy was crying he was literally crying i felt sad for him but a little a little part of me was like yeah that's what you get for cheating on me you don't cheat on me <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. um so eventually he was helped that took about an hour and his parents came as soon as the parents came i was like i am out of here but they saw me and they just gave me a suspicious look like uh who's that girl and why is she here <sighs> so i just left and as i was walking out i bumped into his sister the sister knew me because we dated way back before and she just looked at me with a look like tari what are you doing here i was like hi hi and then i just walked out i don't know what they discussed after i left but anyway um the next day was valentine's day i had another date remember i ruined one date but i still have an had another date so the next day i went on a picnic so this guy was really sweet we went uh, at kingfisher in in harare we had a picnic he bought food picnic blanket and all that it was a great day and guess who was blasting my phone the whole of valentine's day my ex where are you what are you doing um how come you didn't come see me it's valentine's day what, 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 what? and i was like my guy i'm sorry but call your girlfriend okay he was also demanding a valentine's present because when he originally came and he wanted to spend valentine's day with me he gave me my gift in advance it was a lovely gift by the way but um yeah all that was cancelled because he was cheating so i ended up spending the day with another guy having a picnic whilst he was writhing in pain from his arm after that i then went at kuhuku where a couple of girls you know i used to 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 play with um i used to do groups back then so i went to kuhuku and we had gotch gotch salads you know roasted chicken roasted beef you know different types of meat and we were having our drinks we exchanged gifts it turned out to be one of the best valentine's days i had ever had in my life afterwards i felt pity upon my prodigal ex and i went to see him at his house i was like so how are you doing he had this plaster and he was looking pathetic you know i told you uh, he was just looking pathetic i was just like why did i even try to date you again so yeah that was basically my most dramatic breakup i'll never forget that breakup because it was just something else i laugh about it now but it was really scary guys and Yeah, I think the moral of the story never let a guy break up with a girl for you. Never believe that it's about you. People hardly make these decisions um whilst they're in the right frame of mind. Sometimes some people are in the moment when they make such decisions. And also, it's it's not very wise to date someone who would hurt another person's feelings just for you and let you know about it. It's it's not it's just not on. It's such men are just Anyway, by the way, they got married. They got married a few years later. 
and I'm not sure where they are now. I've lost track of um, where, what's happening, and whatnot, whatnot. But he did try to keep in touch with me, and I always used to tell him that last time you tried to catch up with me, you broke an arm. You be careful now. <laughs> So eventually he stopped because I would not give him the time of day. But I believe he's happily married and I believe that he learned his lesson. And I hope all the guys listening, you learn you, I don't know, you learned something maybe. Just stick to one girl. Try not to double cross women. You just never know what's going to happen to you. You know what I'm saying? You you just don't cheat on certain type of women. Some women would dump you. They will not forgive you. I'm that type of woman. So, yeah, that was my most dramatic breakup. Um, I don't know what you think. Do you think it was dramatic? Do you think it was funny? What do you all think? Hit me up with comments. I want to know what you think of this story. All right. So, let's take a small break and we'll be back for the next segment. segment I'm going to be talking about the permanent residency application process or the express entry process this is um, one of the ways of immigrating to Canada as a permanent resident please note that I'm only going to be telling you about what I did I'm not in any way telling you that the steps that I followed are going to guarantee that you get permanent residence or this is the best way for you to do this. I'm simply telling you what I did. Okay? First of all, I did not use an agent for this process. I did this all by myself with the consultation of friends and other people, strangers and groups who had also done the same process. So, let's start from the beginning. The first stage when you want to apply for a permanent residency is research. I started looking into relocation. I googled about Canada, the weather, the location, life there, the healthcare, salaries, jobs, everything. I needed to be sure that I wanted to move to this country. You know what I'm saying? So I googled and I was okay with it. And I said, if I move to Canada, I'm going to move to the province called Ontario. Right? In to- I was going to move to Toronto. That's what I wanted. So then I started researching on the process now. Express entry. Now what is express entry? There's no way that I could possibly describe this properly because English is not my mother tongue but it is a system where people are ranked according to points or factors eligibility factors so people are ranked and then chosen according to their rank so the higher the points you have the more chances you have of moving to Canada right so they look at your age um, they look at your education 
they look at your work experience they look at your health they look at your language ability your language capabilities i have no fears when it comes to zimbabweans because we are all good at english most of most zimbabweans are perfect when it comes to to the english right so i then discovered that in order to get myself into this express entry pool what they call the express entry pool i had to first write an english exam and i then had to get my educational credentials evaluated by world educational services canada so i booked my english test this was july 2018 and i also went on the west website and i paid my money the english test was 265 us dollars and the world educational services was 207 canadian dollars which is about 160 us dollars right after i paid from west they gave me a reference number and instructions so i have a bachelor's degree in accounting and i also have a professional qualification the association of chartered certified accountants so i had to approach my university and acca email them ask them to send my transcript to world educational services directly because that's what they require so i did that i had to pay courier courier for the university to send my transcript to canada but with acca they did that for me for free because i am a member in good standing i pay my monthly my yearly sum every year so they did that for me for free the next step was for me to submit my own degree certificates professional certificates and all of that i also had to courier that to canada when west received my documents it took them about 10 days to evaluate them and then return them west evaluated me as having two degrees okay so that's what i was going to use to create my express entry profile that's the education link for english exam i had to write a test at zimbali i think it was zimbali gardens so on the day i prepared for about a week there was a listening test a speaking test a writing test and a reading test now you know it might seem easy when someone tells you that you're going to write an english test you think well it's just speaking listening reading right wrong you need to practice it's a different way of examining right from what we're used to i mean I, i'm going to speak for myself the way i learned english in zimbabwe i learned it from speaking writing or reading right we were never examined on listening were we now timed listening where the person would not repeat the words again you had to get it the first time that's a listening test for you so you need to be sharp you need to remember what's been said and you need to write it down and you must not make a spelling error okay that's a listening test the speaking test you just need to speak to somebody you don't necessarily have to get what they're asking you correct but you must get the english correct the speaking test goes like this is a typical question you can get on a speaking test so describe a place that you like a quiet place that you like 
most people would rush to say, oh, I like to sit by a corner behind my house and go quiet. But the English test demands you to go like, there's a beautiful green spot behind my house where I like to sit every single day after I get back home from work. The surroundings are calm. The breeze is cool. You know, stuff like that. You describe, you describe, you describe using the best English that you can think of. And bam, you can easily get a nine on your English test. Nine is the highest score, by the way. I had an 8.5 because I stammered at some point. I don't know what the woman was asking me. She kept on going like, why? And then I would give her my response. And she would say, why? I almost slapped her, to be honest. Anywho. So I wrote my English test. I passed. I got my waist evaluation. I was good to go. Now it was time to create an express entry profile, right? So I created one. I had 472 points at the time. I think the minimum score which would get you an invitation was 440 something. So I got in easily because I'm below 30. They mainly target people between 20 and 30 for express entry because they're looking for productive youth because they're an aging population, right? So, got my invitation to apply. That was in August. And the deadline for me to apply was um, 4 November. No, 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 6 November. So then a task began for me. I needed to, um, first of all, get a medical exam. Went, booked my exam, got my medical exam. They test for diseases like HIV, diabetes. And um, drugs, all of that stuff. They also physically examine you to make sure that you don't have any terminal diseases or any just diseases that are going to burden the Canadian health system. So I did the, the test. You don't get the results. It's sent directly to immigration. You just get a certificate that said you did the exam. So there's no way for you to know that you have passed this exam until a month after you submit your paperwork. So anyway, then I got my police clearance certificate. I did my college and essay, so I needed a police clearance from there too, as well as a police clearance from Zimbabwe. The Zimbabwe one took two days. The South African one took almost three weeks. I don't know why it's so difficult to get a police clearance from that time, but well, at least it came. The next step was proof of funds. So this is, please listen carefully because this is the part which discourages a lot of people. The proof of funds. To immigrate to Canada as a permanent resident, and I'm going to speak for single people because I applied as a single person. There was just one of me. I did not have a family or kids. You need about 12,000 Canadian dollars, 12 point something, which is roughly about 10, 10.5 US dollars. You need to have a bank statement that proves that the account is in your name. 
the money belongs to you. You also need to give them a six-month bank statement if you can. If you can't give them a six-month bank statement or if you only just deposited the money into their account, you need to provide a letter of explanation. For example, say you get a donation from your folks. They decide they want a child to move to Canada and you want to give them the $10,000. You just simply need to get a letter of explanation to explain that I've gifted my child this money and I'm in full support of them going to Canada. That will suffice. What won't suffice is $10,000 just miraculously getting into your account with no little explanation whatsoever. There's a high chance that your application will be denied. So that's proof of funds, right? Please don't be discouraged. Um, from the proof of funds, what else was the other slide? I also needed to submit again my educational qualifications, all of them in one PDF. I needed a reference letter from my workplace. I had to go to my boss and explain to him I need a reference letter. It needs to be structured this way. I had to explain. I just had to be honest and let him know that I planned to do the thing. My reference letter was written and I was good to go. So I submitted everything. And then I pushed to submit. Then I had to pay about 800 US dollars. That's the application fee. Half of it is refundable. And that was that. The waiting began. It was 4 November 2018. Can you believe I waited five and a half months before I got a response? They never contacted me until April 24. The response was, congratulations. You are, you know, you've been accepted as a permanent resident of Canada. Please kindly submit your passport photos and your passport for you to get your confirmation of PR. You can imagine how happy I was. It was all worth it. The wait had been worth it. It was painful. Sometimes I would not sleep, getting nightmares, thinking, oh my God, what if this doesn't work? What if I'm barred from Canada for five years? Because sometimes they can reject your application if they suspect that you're doing something fraudulent and you'll be banned for five years. And if you're banned in Canada, you might be banned in other countries if you try go there as well so that was my process for those that wanted to know I did not hire an agent I did this all by myself it's a straightforward process if you would like to know more just hit me up in my DMs on Twitter my username is at Tariwema Dimples at T-A-R-I-W-E-M-A-D-I-M-P-L-E-S wow that's a long username and I'll add you to one of my WhatsApp groups. I've got four groups now with people who are just ready to relocate to Canada and they need information every day. I'm free to help you. I don't mind at all. So hit me up. That's the process. That's what I did. I hope you found this segment useful. Thank you very much for paying attention, for listening. Please share this podcast with as many people you can. People you know would like to know how to move to Canada as a permanent resident. Okay. Welcome back to Tarima Dimples No Holds Barred. On this next segment, I just want to talk about 
finance. The segment is called Finance Tips. For today, I want to talk about saving. Saving is one of the most fundamental and important things in anyone's life. Savings are important for a rainy day, when an emergency strikes in your life, if you have savings, you will not be set back too far back. So I just want to discuss with you how to save. A lot of people find it difficult to do this. It might seem like something very simple, but it's not. You have to plan. You have to really put your mind to it. Let's take an example of someone who earns, let's just think of an easy figure, like $1,000 a month. Think about unavoidable costs. How much do you need to survive each month? Let's say your rent is $200. Your transport is $50. And your meals and general upkeep is maybe $40. That's 300 plus 50 plus 40. That's $390. And you earn what? $1,000. Now, depending on your savings goals, one person might decide to save half their salary. Another person might decide to save a quarter of their salary. Now, what I would normally do is I would subtract the 390 from the 1000 and the remaining balance, then I would decide how much am I saving? How much do I need to just be in my pocket miscellaneous expenses? I would, in this case, since my unavoidable expenses are up to 390 I would save 50% of this and I would remain with 110 as pocket change just for whatever comes up. Now this is me because I'm drastic like that. I always save for a rainy day. Of that 500, maybe 200 will go to emergencies and 300 will go towards long-term savings. I don't know how you guys do it, but this is me. I'm drastic like that. I will put my money in a savings account and I'll only take it out when something else comes up. Something like an investment idea. I That's when I'll take out that money if I get a chance to make more from that money. That's the only time I dig in for my savings. If I run out of money, before my next salary or my next income stream I will starve literally starve before I open my savings account so that's today's finance tip I will end with a quote by Warren Buffet Uh, I'm not sure what he really said exactly but I'll paraphrase it it goes like spend what is left after saving Don't try to save after you've spent. Save first, then spend. Okay, that's it for today. Stay tuned in on Tarioma Dimples No Holds Barred.